Hey, this is Britt Hodge with the Good Christian Podcast with a, what a special guest today, a spiritual father of sorts. I was just now praying and I actually said, you know, I really only knew this guy for two weeks, my first year of ministry school, less than two weeks on missions trips. We were going to California colleges and I was super unhealthy, obviously, first year, barely a Christian. This, this guy took me under his wing. He brought me to his office really showed me some care. Let me share my testimony. He formed it. And I don't even know if you know this, but um, I used that format that you taught me in your office after, wow. after uh, missions um, that summer after first year to speak in churches. And it was actually on those testimonies that I shared based on what you helped me form that I was able to pay for second year for the most part, wow. along with some other stuff. So what a blessing. And with no further ado, What's up, Jeremy Gonzalez? Hey, what's up, Britt? How you doing? Good. It's so cool to have you. I wanted to start off by just sharing a little bit about who you are and where you're from and what you do here at ministry school. Uh, so i born and raised in Stockton, California. Right now, my current position, I've been in Reading for four years. I'm a revival group pastor in first year. Um, got three amazing kids, 12-year-old son, 11-year-old daughter, and a nine-year-old daughter that that pretty much has sums me up. Like I'm, I if I'm going to talk about myself, hopefully, hopefully, what's going to come across first is me talking about my kids. Because honestly, that's what, that's what I'm about, you know. And that's what I, that's what, that's my heart. And then, you know, obviously, talk about what I love to do, which is just partnering with the Lord, just to see lives changed, man. And so those are probably, probably what I am in a nutshell, if I could sum it up. So. Yeah, you're a super powerful spiritual dad is in school. And also, I can tell that you love your kids and more than anything. Can you talk a little bit about what your parents were like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I, I think Britt and I were kind of talking about like, how, how's, how are we going to flow? And uh, we're real honest. So that <laughs> we're going to talk about the, we're going to even bring that up when we talk. But, you know, I, I think. I think if I could see a theme in, in my life is that God makes miracles out of messes. So my, my dad was a functioning alcoholic. Uh, he sold drugs. He smoked pot. Um, and my mom was a part of a super legalistic Pentecostal church. So you have a non-practicing Catholic who um, wants nothing to do with Jesus, who's kind of like, trying to be a good dad, but then also still struggling with his own stuff and, and the things that had gone on in his life. And then I have, I have a praying mom who um, that's, that's all she did was pray and pray for her her sons. I, I have three brothers um, and pray for a husband. And so that's kind of how I grew up with. So we would go to church every once in a while. And it was like crazy, crazy, like 
Sometimes people think Bethel's crazy. Now this church was off the chain and we would go every once in a while and just kind of be like, what the heck is happening? And then the rest of the week, we kind of live like anybody else. And, um, you know, so that's kind of how, how I grew up. And then I think in August of 1994, uh, my parents had been married for almost 19 years at that time. And my mom had prayed for my dad the entire um, their entire marriage, that he would come to know the Lord. And on one night, there was a preacher named Donnie Moore preaching at a church called Lakeview Assembly in Stockton, California. Um, we went, and my dad, my older brother, myself, my younger brother, all got saved on the same night in the same service at the same time. And so literally, we all kind of grew in the faith together, and it was all the results of a, of a praying mom. So um, I've, I've seen God always show up at the right time, you know, my, my youngest daughter's name's Kairos, and that kind of reminds me of that, which there's two Greek words in, in the Bible for time. One is chronos, where, where we get chronological time, and then kairos, which is those, like those significant moments or like a God moment where he shows up and just, and just moves. And man, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen that in my life. So that's kind of how I grew up. And we have that in common. I think my mom's prayers uh, for sure saved my life too. So how did you get from that period of your life to, uh, I guess, having kids, being married yeah, I, and whatnot? I think, um, you know, I think to backtrack a little bit, I have an older brother who's 22 months older than me, and he literally was great at everything he did. And he had all the friends. He was he was the best baseball player. He was growing up. He got all the girls. Like everyone knew him at school. So by default, pretty much my name became Matt's brother. So I had to deal with a lot of insecurities for a lot of years of growing up in my my brother's shadow. Which I always joke around. That's probably why I'm a light complected Mexican. Is because I never got any sun because I was always in his shadow. So you know. So I, I think. You know, dealing with that for a lot of years and just kind of, I, I, I got saved, like I said, when I was 15, my, my older brother was 17 and my dad, I, he was in his 40s. And then my younger brother, I think who was like 11 at the time or 10, um, didn't really know what we were doing. And so we kind of got really involved in church and started really going after the Lord. But I think I had always these issues of not being enough. And, you know, I think everyone has that one lie that if they were to sit down and um, with the Lord and ask him like, what's that one arrow that continually gets shot at you? And I think for me, it's always been that area of like not being enough. So I've had to work through that in my life. And, you know, I think, I think it affected a lot of my life for a lot of years. And, you know, I did first year, just like you did. I did it back in 2013 or 14. And I was 33. I felt like my life was failing. I felt like I was a terrible dad. I felt like I hadn't pursued the ministry, the call of God in my life. You know, I felt like my marriage was struggling. And so I, I make this move to go to Reading to say, hey, God, like, I want my life to um, be different. So it wasn't even like I want to be good at ministry. At that point, I think I was so broken. I just wanted to get healthy, you know, for, for my family. And so whew, I'm feeling emotional. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I, I think. I think I always had the call of God in my life. I, or at least when I got saved, I think by 17, I knew that that was the direction I was going to head, but uh, it, it didn't look like anything I thought it was going to look. And it took a lot of years um, of working full-time jobs and then doing little ministry stuff on the side to 
to get to where I'm at now. And, you know, it was probably 20 years from the moment I felt called to the moment where um, I stepped into that position. But, you know, like I said, I think God cares more about us living, knowing how to live life than knowing us, than knowing how to do ministry. And I think I took me a long time to figure that out. And I'm glad I'm here now. So, you know, it's been a bumpy road, you know? So I think if anyone's out there and you're, you haven't got an answer to prayer yet, hey, my mom prayed for 19 years, you know, maybe you're feeling the call, feeling the call of God on your life. Hey, I, I waited 20 years. And, and that's not to say you got to have time in the game to get to where you are, but God cares more about the person you're becoming than putting you in a position um, of leadership or ministry. And so, um, you know, so I kind of got to this position and I think sometimes we think when we get what, what we've always wanted, that everything's going to be rosy and easy. And I've learned over the last two years that that's the opposite of what happens. And so, uh, about a year, maybe a little more than a year and a half ago, uh, my, my wife of 12 and a half years decided she didn't want to be married to me no more. So my world literally blew up in, in front of my face and probably into like a million little pieces. And I've spent like the last year and a half, like trying to pick up as many of those as I can. And, uh, God in his goodness, um, uh, has got me through and more importantly, he's got my kids through. So, which has been, uh, to me, um, I think parents know this, that, uh, you can feel loved when someone loves your kids. Like it just fills you up. And for God to be doing that in this season has been, been so beautiful and so amazing that I'm like, I don't know if I need anything else. Like literally he's sustaining my family in, uh, you know, going through it. And so I think I've seen the hand of the Lord in my life more now than ever. Um, I'm more convinced that he can sustain a life more than ever. Um, I'm, I'm more convinced that he's, he's good uh, even when life isn't. And I think that's kind of been my testimony this whole time is that things sometimes don't look like they're supposed to, or they don't, they don't turn out like you want to at times. But I think I hold on more now to the verse that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so you know, I kind of jumped around and probably missed some big gaps, but, uh, you know, I think I'm here and the, and the Lord is with me in this season. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a great place now, but, uh, he's, he's, he's real and he can be found in the toughest moments of your life. And, uh, uh because he's that good. So. Wow. That's an incredible testimony. Thanks for sharing that with me and with everybody. Absolutely. Um, if I could just go back and ask you, like we talked a little bit before we recorded, was there a time at the very beginning when your wife was going to leave you and you were working as a pastor in ministry school and you know, you're thinking about your kids. Did you ever question God in that moment? Oh yeah. Um, it was, it was tough. I think one of the hardest things for me to do, which took me probably the longest to do was to detach somebody else's choices uh, to detach that from God. I think when you go through it and somebody else like makes decisions, the first thing you do is, is blame God for their decisions. But the reality is, is that he gives everyone a free will. And so, 
but for some reason I, I still got got those two things mixed up quite often and I think I would blame him for things that he had no he had no he didn't do anything about you know and um, but then also at the same time I, I had I had a great conversation with one of the leaders in the school when we were going through when I was going through all this and they asked me how I was doing and, and I'm, I'm just an honest person and that's just kind of how I try to live my life and I said, man, it's it's kind of hard being in this environment where, and I'll, I'll try to explain as best I can, but I, I felt like sometimes in the world that we live in, in our church, in our ministry school, that we really celebrate like the fluffy testimonies and not that any testimony is insignificant, but when your your life blows up, you kind of get this almost sour take and, and this filter and you know, and don't get me wrong. Like I believe in like God growing out legs and I, I believe in like financial testimonies, but it was almost like, Oh, okay, God, you're, you're too busy doing those things to help me get my marriage back. All right. Gotcha. Okay. At least I know where we stand. Right. Like I kind of just get in line and like I'm at a deli and I'll pull the ticket and wait for my turn, I guess. So, you know, so I think I had to work through a lot of those things of, of why was my life imploding? And yet, you know, all these other little things are going on. And, you know, I, I think the amazing thing about our environment was that like they could, they would actually listen to me and not be like, oh, well, that's scary or that's too honest. And um, because I think I needed to be that. I think anytime you're not honest about what's really going in your life, you can't get healing. You can't find wholeness, you know? And so, yeah, so there was, there were some tough moments, man, where I, I definitely let God know what I felt and it, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't something you would probably say <laughs> anywhere that was public, but the Lord want, I think the Lord wants honesty. I think that's where he meets us. So. Yeah, that's good. So uh, the more that I'm around pastors in this environment, I realize that the most actual success is not like the world would define it, but it's more about, you know, you can see someone's intimacy and the time they spend with the Lord and it, and that's that's what really is exuded when they're on stage or they're in worship or leading worship or whatever they're doing. It actually is just a reflection of their intimacy with mm -hmm. the Lord. So in that during this hard season, did your intimacy with the Lord, because you actually have such a father's heart, it's so present and uh, undeniable. But when you're going through this very, very hard season, did your intimacy with the Lord change or did your secret place time change? What does your intimate relationship with Jesus look like in the midst of all this tragedy? Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is, is I kind of look back and have you ever seen those uh, nature Valley bars that that's a green, it's a green package and they're like as hard as rock to eat. <laughs> but every time you open them, they're like in a million pieces. <laughs> like I've never opened a package and they were too like perfectly formed. Like it's usually like crumbs by the time you open them. Like, I feel like that's what I feel like that happened in my life. Like, I feel like this happened and it was like <laughs> that nature Valley bar being open and all these pieces like hitting the ground. So I, Honestly, I, I don't know how well I did. And uh, I, I think in in going after the Lord and, and I think I just sat there and kind of bled out like a Tarantino movie, like everywhere. And, um, you know, it was like Kill Jeremy, volume three, you know. So I think, um, I, you know, I think in hindsight, I, I now see that the Lord really was sustaining me and and getting me through it. And so I had moments where I think they were honest, but I, 
you know, I, I wish, I, I don't know if I wish I would have done it any different because when, when tragedy hits and the unexpected happens, like it happens, you know, and I don't know if you can plan for that. I think if you plan for that, I think you're living in fear. So, and I, I didn't want to live my life like that, but it, it just, it definitely was unexpected and it definitely was gut wrenching and it definitely was traumatic. But I, I think, you know, I, I try, I tried to sit in moments and you know what, it, it didn't, sometimes it just wouldn't take and it wouldn't hit, you know? And I think for me now it's, it's learning from that, you know, being a pastor, like, I, I think I felt like, I felt like I was pretty emp empathetic with people and helping them, you know, counsel, listen to people, but going through this, man, it's, I feel like it's changed even how I, how I pastor and how I, I counsel because like, I went through it, you know, and so I think I'm I'm better off on the other side of this. But I, I think I was very much like the disciples in the boat, like, "Hey, you, you gonna we gonna drown?" Like, I, I definitely could relate to a sleeping Jesus in this season, and I think it was more of my, my what was going on in my mind and my heart versus him not not actually being there. But you know, I, I think if anything, I felt the Lord most in those seasons by the people that came around me to love me the people that walked with me that would hear me complain and hear me process and hear me be honest. And like, I, I would get off those conversations and I, and I think like the Lord was there and he, that, was, that was the way he was meeting me in, in that season. So. Amazing. So this is the very end of part one of Jay Gon's story. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could, you've been through it and you're coming out on the other side and I, I feel like you have an impartation. Maybe you could pray out over anybody that's listening, that's going through some tragedy, questioning their faith, just uh, release a prayer over them and then we'll, we'll cut it yeah, off. I, I will say it's Philippians chapter one. It says he who began a good work will, will bring it to completion. And I think that is what I've realized the most in this season is that the Lord, like even when you give up on the Lord, he doesn't give up on you. And so father, I just thank you. Lord, for your ability to turn everything for our good. Lord, I thank you for your ability to, Lord, walk with us. And, and sometimes that's your, your presence, and sometimes that's the presence of others. And, uh, Lord, I, I just say even for those that today that might be going through it, that they would be surrounded by love, that they'd be a target of your love. Lord, that you would strengthen their legs to take one step, Lord, or even stand, Lord, where they're at right now. and then move forward as you lead them, God. So we just, we thank you for that today. And Lord, I just say that you administer the hearts. Lord, I say that, that the honesty that people have with you would lead to wholeness and healing God in, in their lives. And, and I just thank you for that today in Jesus name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I really? think we're going to, um, cut this one off part one and then next time i'm going to ask you about like practical steps to getting over these things you know we got the spiritual things but what you just did in everyday life to get over these things and also how you walk your kids through it and everything so that's all i have for this week but next week i look forward to hearing the end of your tale so all there's left for me to say is my slogan i love you and i don't even know who you are
Come